The New Testament lesson today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 and verses 11 through 16. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, the gifts he gave were the one, some, that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knitted together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I already asked that timeless question. How many of you have heard the line, what do you want to be when you grow up? It is a phrase that we hear often in our growing years, in our formational years, and we think that it means that we have some place, some platform we will reach in which we will be called a grown-up. But a few months ago, a Presbyterian pastor, Marianne McKibben Dana, wrote a blog post that got shared throughout my social media circuit. It was called Failure to Adult. Dana wrote a confession admitting that so often in her adult life she feels like she is failing at some test. She says there always seems to be something that makes her feel inadequate, like she is stretching but not quite reaching the level that allows you to call yourself a grown-up. She writes, my trigger is competence. I often feel like there's this body of knowledge about adulthood that I somehow missed. Our dishwasher recently started leaking and it turns out we needed to clean the seal from time to time. Where in the heck were we supposed to pick up this information? I wonder if you have had a moment like that. A moment when you looked around and wondered, wait a minute, do I really count as the adult in this situation? Whose crazy idea was that? Or I wonder if you have not yet achieved a certain level of adulthood, if perhaps you've been in a situation where you are the oldest of three siblings, say three girls, 
And the youngest calls you stupid, and even though she is eight years younger, you can't help it. You get really angry and you yell. An argument breaks out, and you say, well, she insulted me first. And your parents point out that, well, you are the oldest, you are the teenager, she is five years old, and you know they are right, and it makes you mad. And you know you are the older, the more grown-up one, but your sister still really bugged you. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation like that? No? Neither have I. <laughs> so. Growing up can be a daunting prospect. Yet as all the songs and stories tell us, growing up is also inevitable. As long as there is life, we'll be growing in some way, growing from one generation to another. Conversations around generations have and will continue to feel, fill books and articles, will continue to worry about kids these days, and divide groups into age brackets like millennials, Gen X, silent generation, baby boomer, and then all the many micro generations in between. But it becomes clear throughout the scriptures that God's call does not depend on us reaching some magic level of grown-up. God's call does not divide among generations. No matter how we structure our society, no matter how we choose to categorize and name our age brackets, God's spirit floods through our lives and fills them with purpose, with meaning. As we heard Marion read, Joel declares, old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions. And the Spirit doesn't just sweep away age boundaries. The Spirit will pour through daughters and sons, slaves and free. The Spirit will be used to equip the saints for the work of ministry, as Ephesians tells us over and over again. The author of Ephesians discusses growing, but it doesn't come in language that we might hear in society. Growing up isn't about physical prowess, or exemplary achievement, or an inexhaustible knowledge of the mechanics of household appliances. Growing up isn't about honing our individual skills that will leave everyone in awe at our talent. Growing up isn't about completing some grade, setting some personal record, or never making a stupid mistake. Growing up is about something that digs deeper and reaches wider than we might even realize at the time. Growing up is about becoming more and more like Christ. It means being knit together by cords of love that transcend what could be divisions. Growing means realizing that we are bound as with sinews and ligaments, blood vessels and nerve endings bound to one another. Growing realize, means realizing that our lives are not lived in isolation no matter how often it might feel that way. And we might not realize it at the time, for indeed it is often only in reflection, in looking back after some time period has passed, when we can look and reflect and realize how much we have grown. And as we grow as Christians, one day we might look back and finally have the courage, the strength, the guts, to admit that we could not have taken one more step without the grace of God and the support of others at our side. 
over time, we begin to realize that the question is not so much about what will you be when you grow up? What will I be? The question becomes, what might we be together? How might God be shaping me, shaping you, so that we can join in this body, in this community, and grow up towards Christ together? As with all muscles and bodies, it isn't easy to try new exercises, to practice new behaviors. When we go out for a workout, we inevitably tear muscular tissue in order to build that tissue back together into something that is stronger. Strength comes from pushing our muscles by making them work together. Community is like that. God is giving us a workout as a body of believers, exercises and practices that push us, that can chafe and make us sore. Perhaps even it might make us annoyed and frustrated at the time. We will not always be happy or joyful about this workout of community. We might so rather just be on our own, an individual sticking to our own schedule, our own priority list. But Ephesians reminds us that the true strengthening workout happens as a community, as a body of believers. And no matter what our age or ability, when we show up and work to support and strengthen each other, we will become stronger. Because it is in this community workout where the spirit of God's grace shows up. The senior pastor of a popular church in Colorado always tells her new members, I'm glad that you love it here, but at some point I will disappoint you or this church will disappoint you. Please decide on this side of that happening if, after it happens, you will stick around. Because if you leave, you will miss the way that God's grace comes in and fills the cracks of our brokenness. And it's too beautiful to miss. Don't miss it. In a few minutes, we'll commission our Guatemala mission team. Each person on this team has felt the spirit tugging them away from their comfort zones, asking them to give time and money and energy, and they each have answered yes. Yet even with God going with them, this trip to Guatemala, as with most mission trips, will not always be easy or joyful. As we all know, after the initial adrenaline has worn off, these trips test your patience, your love of each other, and sometimes, quite literally, the strength of your muscles. Still, these members of our body here at Second, who we are commissioning, are answering the call to go and meet brothers and sisters who are doing the work of Christ in another country. They will return strengthened by this workout, and we will be strengthened by them. This trip and others like us will help us grow into Christ a bit more. But you do not have to go to Guatemala to strengthen the community and share meaningful ministry. One of our church members here is often homebound with health challenges. However, she offers an abundant ministry of conversation and card sending. Another member was talking about her and said to me the other week, I called to ask if I could give her a ride somewhere. I didn't hang up until 30 minutes later. In the meantime, she had been giving me such rich and wonderful counsel through that phone call. 
She ministers in every conversation she has. This is an example of building up the body, of growing stronger in Christ, a ministry offered with strength and love from the confines of one's own home. No matter how frail or weak or powerless we might feel at times, no matter how stupid or incompetent we might think ourselves, the promise that we hear, the promise that this scripture is asking us to hold in our hearts, to carry with us through the muscle-straining moments of our lives, is this. Whatever our age or ability, the Spirit can fill us, use us, draw us together, and knit us into something that is beautiful to behold. In recent years, different sociologists have commented on how we segregate by age so often in this society. Children and youth spend most of their days in classes and on sports teams only with kids their same age. If they're lucky, they have grandparents in town, but that extended family is often the only interaction they have with different generations. This extends through high school and college, where young people are confined to campuses where everyone is struggling with similar questions and hormones and classes. And this keeps going through the adulthood years. I've heard young adults discuss how lonely it is to move to a new city, particularly as a single person. I've heard parents often say they feel like they're out there on their own, isolated, trying to do this parenting thing without any guidelines. And I've heard older adults share that it feels like they stop existing after a certain birthday, living in a continuing care facility, separated from other people. Besides staff, they might not see many people who are not around their same age. The church is one of the only places still in society that is designed to make different generations interact. And in the church, we must work to not put any generation into a corner, telling them they have to wait there Wait there until we need you. After all, these words aren't scriptural. This isn't what Ephesians is saying. Ephesians is reminding us that each age offers us gifts which come from that season of life. Each season has a particular exercise that can strengthen the whole body of believers. Perhaps we can learn from a recent experiment in a nursing home in the Netherlands In Deventer, in the eastern part of the Netherlands, there is a shortage of housing for university students. So a nursing home has opened up its rooms to these students. The undergraduates pay no rent, and in exchange, they agree to spend 30 hours a month with the 160 residents who live there. Students do things that the professional staff cannot do, such as play cards, go shopping, stop by for a chat, and just generally hang out. It has been a strengthening and stretching experience for everyone. One participant noted that the residents are very full of life. You can learn a lot. And the students themselves do some teaching. One student took a group of residents to the garden, gave them cans of spray paint and pieces of cardboard, and taught them about the art of graffiti. But we don't have to be rosy-hued about this. This living situation isn't always easy. One student, Jorian, remembers, one time I came back in the middle of the night and I woke up my neighbor, Johanna. She wasn't very happy. 
So, being a good neighbor, I went and apologized the next day and promised not to do it again. However, Jorian also does note with a smile that sometimes when he's studying, she watches the game show Lingo and I can hear everything through the walls. They, I therefore beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, knitted together by every ligament, every part working, building up the body in love. No matter what our age or ability, we can grow and grow and grow into Christ. We can learn what it is to care for each other, support each other, strengthen each other, wherever we come from or wherever we are going. What will you be when you grow up? How about knitted, joined, growing, building, called, claimed, known, loved? And what will we be when we grow up? How about God's church, Christ's own body for the world? And whether we are seven or 17 or 77 or somewhere in between, God has a plan and a purpose for us. Let us pray. Lord, no matter what generation we are, you have called us by name and claimed us as your children. We are yours. Show us again how we can draw together in the spirit. Take us and use us for your joy and purpose in the world. Amen.